you have nothing to do with your skill, Bayless. As I was saying, Joy Taylor, every dog has his day. And since I'm a big dog, I've got two Welcome back to Betting the Grid. Uh, it's your host, Jack, and co-host, Pat. Pat, what's going on, man? Excited for another week. Let's do it. I know. You know, we've had a, quite a little, you know, we haven't had a back-to-back race yet. So it's been, uh, you know, the, the anticipation keeps building uh, week after week. So it's really nice uh, to have this race. You know, it's going to be at midnight uh, here in the central time zone uh, Saturday night. So, you know, we get to finish up the final four games and go right into uh, F1 racing. Uh, which is, you know, kind of the best way to end the night. I feel bad for any people in Europe uh, trying to watch this race. It's going to be a bit of a brutal one time zone wise <laughs> for you. Yeah. But before we get into it, uh, just a quick disclosure. Uh, we here at Betting the Grid are in any way, shape or form offering financial advice. Everything we share is speculation and opinion. Check your individual state laws to see if sports betting is legal or what options there are in your specific state. If you or anyone you know is addicted to gambling, call the National, National, National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. Their info will also be in our show notes. And as always, the lines are taken from BetMGM as per March 31st, 2023. All right, Pat, so let's go into the Saudi recap. That was, how would you describe that race for me, man? In, in one word, how do you describe it? Snoozer. Yeah, that one, it just wasn't super interesting. I mean, what we thought would happen, happened. Max came storming through the field after a little hiccup in qualifying, and Checo just kind of held firm in street races like he's done. So not a lot of action in that one, unfortunately. No, you know, and I I was surprised the two DNFs we saw, you know, were just uh, some car failure. It wasn't, uh, you know, everyone, it felt like it was almost a conservative race. Um, yeah. Given how many DNFs we saw last year, um, what we had, we only had 14 drivers uh, finish last year, right? Yeah, yeah, 13 or 14. There was a lot of carnage last year, just because it's really quick and it's not a super wide track. So if you mess up, you don't really have anywhere to go but the wall. But yeah, I was surprised at kind of how clean it was, considering how it's historically been. Exactly. No, but I mean, always like uh, to see the drivers uh, have safe races. You never root for crashes, but. It would. Uh, it always does shake things up, uh, especially for some of the lower teams. Uh, you know, really get chances for the points. But before we get into that, Fernando Alonso, just the the Aston Martin has been fantastic. What 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 are your thoughts on him after this race? I mean, he's just an ageless wonder in his forties. He's still doing what he was doing all throughout his career. So I mean, he's obviously loving being in a top car again, and it, he's just. Once he gets his positions, he's not giving them up. So it's just been super cool to watch him keep keep that brilliance going into his forties. You want you want to know a crazy stat that I was reading while uh, researching for the pod? Let's hear it. Fernando Alonso in his nat- last nine seasons only has two podiums, and in his yeah. first two races of this season, he already has tied that number. So it's really great to see him. Yeah, like you said, I mean, we, we he's he's absolutely ageless. I believe he's forty two, uh, definitely yeah. in his forties. You know, still racing at this high of a level, and finally a car uh, that's deserving of his talent. Um, so really good to see. But man, the FIA in this freaking starting grid issue. Ugh. I mean, you you know the saying, you know, fool me once, shame on shame on me. Fool me t- or no? What what is it? <laughs> What's the saying? Shame on shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and so like the FIA, like 
it's like, okay, clearly because of these new regulations with the cars, you know, obviously bigger tires uh, than uh, starting last season. But it really just shows that now two races in a row, two drivers almost having the identical problem, uh, Esteban Ocon in race one and now Alonso. It's just, it seems they have to be, they have to do something other than just, oh, well, you messed up, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's not the most, like, uh, start-altering rule to just kind of be really anal about. I don't know why they decided to crack down on this one. Like, Alonzo was slightly to the right, which I don't really think gave him any kind of advantage. So it's one they need to relax on or make a little bit of a change. You know what I would maybe like to see? You know, so they clear out the track of everyone, um, you know, when they're doing the, the warm-up lap. Why don't they keep one engineer out there with, you know, the car jack, essentially, and they are the guide for the drivers. All the drivers get li- lined up. You know, as soon as your car gets lined up, you immediately run off. You know, I, I don't understand how they can't do something like that just to ensure that these stupid penalties uh, don't keep happening. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it would take a ton of time for somebody to just guide them in there, make sure they were on their marks, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. Yeah, so I saw that they're now going to be widening uh, the boxes uh, for the drivers by 20 centimeters, and for us Americans, that's 8 inches. Um, So that way, you know, the the cars have a bit more leeway, but Alonzo even said in an interview he doesn't think that's going to even help with the visibility uh, because, you know, they, they still need to be able to see in the yellow line, I guess, uh, from their cockpit is quite difficult to see uh, because, you know, they're so strapped into their chair. Um, it's not like they can, uh, you know, do a little lean out <laughs> and check. Yeah, I, I'm with Fernando on this one. The cars are literally bigger and wider than an F-150, so eight inches is not going to do a whole lot of good there. <laughs> no, not at all. But on to another Aston Martin, Lance Stroll with the DNF. You always hate seeing it just with, a, you know, a car trouble. He was having a pretty good race. Uh, what are your thoughts on just, you know, kind of reliability of the Aston um, already seeing race two having uh, some engine issues? Yeah, it's not super surprising in the beginning of the season seeing some kind of DNFs. And at least it's happening now where you can kind of correct the issue before it protrudes the rest of the season. Like Alonzo had no luck at Alpine last year with the car continually failing. So hopefully it's a bit of a wake up call and they fixed whatever issue that was kind of ailing the car. And I mean, Alonzo still had a great race, so uh, Aston Martin as a team still looking good despite the technical failure. Yeah, you know, and they're tied with Mercedes in the constructors for second place, uh, both at 38 points, respectfully, uh, respectively. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think it's just going to, even with one DNF, the fact that they're tied, it's really boding well for Aston Martin if they can just keep those cars racing uh, and in the points. Um, but all right, on to, uh, my least favorite team. I, I, I can't believe they're now my least favorite team, but they absolutely are McLaren. I literally made this title McLaren bad. Um, so let's start with the good. You said you wanted to maybe hype them up a little bit. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, they've looked bad, but the car has shown pace at times like Oscar Piastri. He got into Q3 in the last race before just kind of a rough start and that ruined his whole race. I think he had some kind of contact with another car, but I don't know. Things may be turning a page for them if they could get a little bit of luck, but all in all, it's not going to be a good year for them. They're one of two teams without a point and them and AlphaTauri. And considering the resources they have, it's just a total embarrassment so far. Yeah, no. And obviously with the firing of their uh, lead technical director, James K, uh, James key, my apologies. Um, 
you know, certainly a shakeup and maybe we'll see some big upgrade package mid season with uh, maybe giving them more pace. But Pat, I want to ask you the hard hitting question about the McLaren F1 team. I'm ready. Will they finish with more sponsors on their car or with more points this season? And just to give you an idea, they lead the grid with 47 sponsors uh, on their car. And that does include uh, the changing Android uh, <laughs> uh, advertisement. Mm. What, what do you think? Do we see Do we see a push with an upgrade or uh, are the sponsors going to win this year? I, I, it'll be tight. I think the sponsors will win though, unless they can fix some of their reliability issues. I mean, they just haven't had a good race yet. And, Historically, they've done well. I mean, last year they scored 159 points. So history would say that they can correct it and beat that number. But how it's looking right now, I, I think the sponsors may win and that number may drop into next year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So on to another kind of a dumpster fire of a team. What What's going on with Ferrari, man? You're, you're supposed to be the, the Ferrari stand on the podcast. And we really thought this could have been their year. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Charles started further back than he normally would due to that engine penalty, which is just ridiculous to have in race two for starters. But he was moving through the field pretty well. And then him and Carlos Sainz, like Ferrari just seemed content to kind of sit him there. They couldn't really gain any ground on the Mercedes, which is odd because I still think they do have a better car than Mercedes. So I'm not sure what they're going for. They need to switch something up there if they want to have any shot at second place. But I just don't know with those guys anymore. I know. I mean, I was seeing something that, you know, Charles Leclerc, his worst start uh, with Ferrari uh, since he joined in 2019, which really just says a lot about this season and the kind of deflated nature that that team has. You know, I know with the new team principal, you typically want to give them a year or two, bring in their own, you know, technical directors and engineers and really form the car how they want, but it, it seems like they definitely have taken a step back um, this year with everything. And in the constructors, you know, in in a four in fourth by a little bit, you know, they're only at 26 points compared to the 38 of the Mercedes and Aston Martin. So just really not a great year. And as bad as Charles Leclerc's done, Carlos Sainz has actually done quite better, but it's just, it, it feels like none of it has mattered. You know, it, it's... Yeah. You know, yeah, it's been tough. I mean, Sainz kind of just – he does okay in qualifying, and he'll sit in his spot, but you never really see him make those moves up the grid. So it's kind of where he starts is where he finishes most of the time. And I don't know, Charles has kind of that killer instinct that can really move up the field, but it just seems like the car isn't able to this year, which is a shame. Yeah, no, Lance Stroll is currently beating Charles Leclerc in the uh, Drivers' Championship, and Lance Stroll has only technically finished one race. <laughs> So that sentences, is, sentences I never thought I would hear. Yeah, literally, and he did that. Remember on the uh, the wrist issues. Um, so all right, so I want to move on to un, uh, some unsung heroes, and then honestly, I, I want to talk about the biggest villain of them all. But we'll do that after our heroes. So so Pat, give me one hero uh, for um, the Saudi race. I like Kevin Magnuson finishing in the points. Uh, Gunther Steiner, every point matters over at Haas. So. Seeing them already go on the board in race two is definitely always nice to see. I, I like rooting for Haas. They're just kind of the plucky underdog every year. So good for them. They're not at the bottom of the table. So hopefully they can avoid the bottom. 
I loved uh, in the Drive to Survive, you know, his soundbite of basically him saying he'd get on his knees or something uh, for points. <laughs> in a, in, in uh, this, he said in he, would, he would way. hug the entire paddock. Ah, yeah, he would hug, hug the entire paddock. Yes, yeah, yeah very much said hug. Um, <laughs> you know, not something. Yeah, not something else. <laughs> yeah. Guther um, never uses profanity. He would never say that other thing. No, no, he just takes uh, photo shoots with boats and weird stuff but <laughs> but uh so so my unsung heroes are the two alpine boys uh estevan ocon and pierre gasly uh it seems like they're a bit finding their stride granted it was an eight and nine finish for them but i just don't think the alpine if the aston martin doesn't have this insane performance upgrade i think they're very much uh doing well but because aston martin has really kicked in a high gear they've been falling off a bit but both getting in the points um, you know, I always have to mention my uh, bet that I took at the start of the year, uh, you know, McLaren versus Alpine battle. Uh, it's still quite a slow one um, just because Alpine, you know, they are scoring in that 8, 9, 10 range. So just to give you an idea, Alpine, uh, they have eight points uh, versus McLaren with zero. So again, one race changes everything. But if we just keep chipping away, uh, that, that bet uh, seems to be locked up pretty well. But Pat, our absolute you know villain of so far the the season really but also of the last race and even going into australia is the fia um they have not been able to figure out what they're going to do with these how they assess the penalties i mean if you remember from the saudi race uh uh, fernando alonso he did his five second penalty uh for the starting grid issue and then at the end it was probably like 30 minutes after the race ended, after the podium, yeah. everything, the FIA came out and said, Fernando Alonso is going to be assessed a 10-second penalty for incorrectly doing the uh, the first penalty, the five, first five seconds, which is absolutely baffling the incompetence of the FIA because they the same thing happened in week one with Esteban Ocon, yeah. and they were very quick to assess that penalty. So, I mean, do, what solution do we have for this, man? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, they just need to have somebody down in the box. Like, if there's a penalty that needs to be served, and then the FIA person can say, okay, go work on the car now. Because, I mean, if you don't trust the teams to do it and you have to keep assessing additional penalties, it just gets super comical that you're doing penalties on top of penalties. Like, one penalty just leads to four more. It's just kind of ridiculous and would be a pretty easy fix, I think, to just have someone with a stopwatch in there call it a day. But I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and they, they need to be able to do something. It's ridiculous that we are getting these penalties. They are not racing penalties. It's it's very stupid. I mean, granted, if Max Verstappen got a penalty, I'd maybe be like, hmm, okay, maybe this helps equalize the... Uh, good work, good yeah, work. Yeah, good work, FIA. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, we want to keep this as fair as possible, so I'd rather see less penalties for more mundane stuff like that you know george russell being an aggressive driver and getting a penalty it is what it is um but that happens so oh and then the last thing with the fia i don't want to be bogged down too much with this but the pit wall they're now not going to allow teams to hang over the pit wall to cheer on their car as they cross the finish line which i think is just taking away a ton of the spirit uh of the sport no i definitely agree especially if you have like some Somebody finishing out a place, getting a podium, like that's the highlight of the team's year. You let you gotta let them have their moment. And I don't see a huge safety issue with them just hanging out a little bit. Like there's one or two people out there, but no, I definitely do not like that ruling at all. 
Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. And let's hope that they maybe come out with some different ways that the pit crews are allowed to do it, whether you're not allowed to hang out completely, you can only have your arm out. Maybe it's if your driver, if there's no one within three seconds of them, and so, you know, or the drivers, maybe they can't drive within a certain distance of the pit wall. You know, something, just like it's getting some of those shots. I think you sent me a picture of, uh, of Ferrari, you know, hanging out, you know, cheering on Leclerc for, you know, his first win last year or something. And that was such an electric photo. And you yeah. see the just excitement that, they, you know, while it is very much a driver in the car, there's such a team behind the car and the driver that you want to see them also get, um, you know, some recognition as well. No, definitely. I mean, let them have their moment. I don't know why we got to be the fun police all the time. You got to get some positive publicity in there once in a while, FIA. Exactly, exactly. But now on to the Australian preview, Albert Park Circuit. And Pat, aren't you actually going to be in uh, Melbourne in like two weeks? I am. I'm unfortunately missing the race, but um, I will definitely be checking out the Albert Park Circuit. Super excited about that. But um, yeah, it's always a great fun race. Um, Super quick, not a lot of technical turns. So hopefully we see some overtaking, but can't be worse than Saudi, I think. Cannot be worse than Saudi. Uh, so just a couple quick points I wanted to mention just with all the news that's going around around the Australian Grand Prix um, and, you know, some of the drivers. Now, well, we're recording this after free practice one and two. Uh, so a bit later than we typically release episodes. Uh, but just because of uh, the way things shaked out, that's how it's going to go. So we're really just going to focus on the qualifying uh, and race winner bets uh, with some other kind of fun ones there on the back half. But Pat. Valtteri Botas is absolutely living his best life from everything that I've seen on social media and, you know, through kind of the race weekend coverage. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's living in Australia most of the year now. He's dating, I forget the girl's name, but some Australian athlete. So Valtteri loves it in Australia, fully embracing the mullet and the mustache. And I mean, Mercedes is a bit stuffy at times just because of all the success they've had. They kind of expect you to be a certain way, but Alfa Romeo just letting Valtteri be himself, and the mullet looks sweet. I- I'm happy for him. Yeah, I-, I would have to agree. You know, there's a, uh, you know, for our non-baseball uh, listeners, you know, the the New York Yankees, a very uh, famous baseball team, they're very strict with, you know, facial hair, haircuts. You know, they want you to look proper, you know, a proper baseball player. Um, and that's very much like the Mercedes. So it is nice to really see Alfa Romeo kind of give him that flexibility, uh, you know, to have fun. You know, the, it doesn't have to be serious 100% of the time, uh, except when you're on the racetrack. You want to make sure you're a good driver and uh, not doing anything crazy. Uh, but, Pat, you said that, you know, him basically being an Australian citizen. Why don't you talk about your other favorite Australian citizen uh, in this? Actually, you may have two you want to mention. Well, my favorite would be Daniel Ricciardo. It really sucks not seeing him out on the track this year. But he's definitely still made his presence felt around the uh, track and, kind of overshadowing the only Australian on the grid, Oscar Piastri. And I got to say, we've been crapping on McLaren a good bit, but I do like Oscar to get in the points this week in his home race. I think he did very well getting into Q3 in Saudi Arabia. So without the bad start, he was trending in the right direction. So Oscar Piastri getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but for him to finish top 10 plus 225. So just got to get in 10th, some DNS. I, I like it a lot. Ooh, so I'm actually so so you know let's just let's just jump right into those bets. Yeah, so yeah. so Pat with the Piastri 
plus 225 to finish in the points. I'm going another rookie. I want to see Logan Sargent get his first points. It's shown the Williams can do it. Alex Albon, uh, he's only at a plus 225, but Logan Sargent is plus 400. That feels very fun, and it's always great rooting for the rookies um, to see them just do well, have good races. And yeah, with Piastri having a lot of just technical issues with the car, uh, Sargent seeming to get it together. I think he had quite a decent finish uh, in the last race, so would love to see either of those two. Uh, finish in the points but you know for my uh alpine versus mclaren maybe have uh pierre gasly score a bit higher <laughs> yeah yeah the, it's more than likely everybody's finishing kind of in order of the car right now we're bound to see something a little wacky where people are finishing out of place i love it all right on to qualifying so i did look at the radar there is some potential rain uh for saturday for qualifying uh which you know do we maybe have a recap of brazil pat what happened in brazil Oh, that was awesome. So um, the way qualifying works, everybody kind of has time to do all their laps. Well, Kevin Magnuson was the only one to get in a fast lap in Brazil before the rain started coming down. And once you get on the intermediate tires, you're nowhere near as fast as you are on the slicks. So Kevin Magnuson took home pole in Brazil. So the rain is the great equalizer. If it rains at the wrong time, we could see a very different grid order. But Brazil kind of straightened itself out because there was a sprint race. Everybody kind of got to where they belonged again. But we don't have that in Australia. So we could have a very interesting grid if the rain hits at just the right time. Oh, yeah. So so with that being said, I am going to go with Fernando Alonso to be the fastest qualifier. He actually was the fastest qualifier in free practice, too. And so that was uh, quite a rainy uh, practice. So that gives me some confidence that, hey, if it is going to be a rainy qualifying uh, he should be, and that's at plus 800, uh, so that feels like some pretty fun odds. But, Pat, who do you got? I'm just going to be lame. Checo is the king of the street race, and Albert Park is a street race, so give me Checo, plus 325. He's riding some good momentum right now, and he's only a point back from Max Verstappen in the Drivers' Championship. I know it's very early, but some teammate drama could start uh, unfolding before our eyes. Yeah, you know, I know uh, I know, we're already into the bets, and we didn't even mention this, but Verstappen stealing the fastest lap on the last lap of the race, of the Saudi race was quite the, uh, is, it, is it fair to say kind of a dick move? I mean, I, I know he's allowed to, I, but it looked like there were some team orders to maybe just maintain pace. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, let Checo have his moment. He never lets him have his moment. So that is the one point difference between them in the standings and – Hopefully it keeps up. I, I like seeing a, at least a heated driver's championship battle, even if it is between teammates. seems like that's the only way we'll have somebody try to catch Verstappen. So we're, we're Team Checo right now. Yeah, very much Team Checo. And Christian Horner did say, or I guess was telling Sergio Perez, that you know both drivers are going to be, while not given preference, they're both going to be treated equally um, to give just the best chance of either one of them winning. So that at least instills some confidence. Now, we'll have to see that in practice. Uh, you know, yeah. that first radio call that says, Checo, Checo, please let Max through. Um, that's going to be a real a real testy case, uh, you know, for the whole team. No, definitely. It, it's one thing to say it, but, yeah, in execution, we'll see how it goes. I know Max has been the golden child of Red Bull for a very long time, so I don't see that changing. But if Checo keeps the pace, I hope they let him just stay in front. Oh, yeah. So on to a race winner. Pat, who do you got? I'm going to steal your qualifying winner and take Fernando Alonso. So 
there's been an interesting stat that Alonso just picked up his 100th podium last time in Saudi Arabia, and the next podium after someone hits 100, their 101st, has always been a win. So if that trend continues, we'll see Fernando Alonso on the top step, and I think he should get a podium at least, so I hope it's the top step. Wow. And he's sitting at plus 700 for the race win. Oh, easy. That that sounds like an absolute great pick. So just to give uh, our audience an idea, Max Verstappen is minus 350 to win. And then we're going with my pick of Sergio Perez. We, we just did a flip. We did a flip-flop here. Essentially, if you're listening and you really want to go with us, I'm just going to be taking Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso almost every bet possible and rooting for you know the Spaniard or the Mexican to really get something done. Uh, and you know, hopefully dethrone Max uh, there. So yeah, and yeah. and as you said, it's a street circuit, so why not? He's the king. He's the king of the street race. I love it. All right, Pat, cue us up for your favorite bet. <laughs> Fastest pit stop. Ferrari has been dominating one aspect, and that is pit stops. Two races in a row with the fastest pit stop, and in Saudi Arabia, is their fastest yet at two point one seconds, which is rapid. But the oddsmakers have reflected that change, and they're only sitting at plus 125 for uh, fastest pit stop. Red Bull is the fastest or lowest odds at plus 120. But I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. I'm rooting for uh, rooting for Aston Martin, so I'm going to go for them for pit stop as well. They're sitting at plus 1600, and their fastest this season was ninth overall, 2.48. So if they speed it up just a little bit, I, I think that's a very good bang for your buck. Nice. I like that. So I'm very much going with a similar strategy. Uh, and I guess I, I, it's very clear that I'm a fan of Alpine. I don't know if it's because I was in Paris uh, late last year. And so I just have, an, uh, you know, something for the, the these Frenchmen. Uh, that sounds so bizarre. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm going with Alpine uh, at plus 2,000 odds uh, for fastest pit stop. So they actually have the sixth fastest pit stop this year. Um, so also getting really close. And just to give you an idea, Ferrari has the top three, followed by Red Bull, Ferrari, Alpine, another Ferrari, another Red Bull, and then uh, the Aston Martin. So it is quite a star, you know, quite a there, – there's a reason that Ferrari and Red Bull are both respectfully at Red Bull plus 120 and Ferrari at plus 125. So we're trying to go with uh, some outliers and hope that, hey, this can be the race. Pat, the last thing, as always, Alpine currently head of McLaren by eight points in the Constructors' Championship. Just have to keep hammering down uh, that one bet I took because I had quite a lot of money on it. So we'll keep uh, the audience uh, updated throughout the season. Pat, uh, before we we go, any last uh, comments uh, before uh, the Melbourne Albert Park Grand Prix? Nope, just rooting for the grid. Somebody take down Red Bull. If the car doesn't shut down, though, I don't see it happening. But if it's going to happen, let it be Checo or Alonso. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you for everyone for listening, and we will be back next week talking more F1. You have nothing to do with your skill, Bayless. As I was saying, Joy Taylor, every dog has.